right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lepko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lepko and Chris Sims. All right, okay, episode 60. I wish we were live. Yeah. We might be going live right now. It's the Sims Left Go Podcast. Yeah. I feel at home. Yes. I feel at home. I feel back. But we did do Facebook Live yesterday. That was cool. It was fun. It was. The podcast is where we live. Yeah. Episode 60. Oh, going to Philly, baby. Chuck Vanarek. Yeah. And I'll go another uh, Tommy Nobis, great Texas linebacker, legend down there. 60. You can't wear 60 as a long really? horn. Yeah, it's retired. What are the other retired numbers of Texas? Oh, it wasn't mine. I is know Earl that. Campbell's er, retired? Uh, Earl's is retired at 20. Ricky is tired at 34. I know. I think Vince is retired at 10, and he was number 10. I, I thought Ricky yeah. was thir- he was 32, 34. Well, he was not 11 30. and then 34. You got to remember. So 11 he was is still 34 cool. When he won the Heisman, he won, wore 11 the previous three years. What was Roy? Roy was four. Uh, oh, Roy man. was a freak show. Yeah, he probably should be in the Texas Hall of Fame yeah. at some point. But Do we have a Rutgers 60? We do. Number Ooh. 60, Ramel Meekins, defensive tackle on the 2006 Rutgers football roster. I'm really just excited I'm on camera today. I've been hey, cut out of the last uh, two podcasts. Right. I forgot to come to my camera. Right. But, uh, yeah, Ramel Meekins, number 60, 2006 Rutgers football. What a butthole. Yeah, I, I thought there was another good 60, too, but I can't remember his name. Yeah, so the last special we just did was Ryan Holiday. It was, like, one of my favorite things ever. Was right. talking all that and by the stuff. time this gets published, the people will have seen that. Yeah, so please watch Ryan Holiday. It was a great time. Gabe, your fingers of stink. The fingers of stink. Oh, they're disgusting. Oh, to the control room, please. Mm, look at the control room. Jake Orion, Kristen, hello, Michelle. Hello, hello. And I believe that is Andrew in the back. Hello, Andrew. I don't know. No, is that? Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it is. Andrew. Right, good eyes. I can't say. I don't yeah. have great eyes. Got to take my carrots. Oh, we do have ingest. Hey, George. Oh, George, All right. cool casual. All right, so let's give a quick rundown of what we're doing today. Let's take my camera, por favor. Uh, this is really going to be the Sims draft dump. All right, let's go to my yeah. This is what Sims carries around every day: a composition book, another notebook, how he watches the film and his his stuff. And we wanted Sims to get off all the things that he really wants to talk about that he hasn't had a chance to. So we're going to do the things that I don't get with the draft with Chris Sims. Then we're going to bring on Matt Miller a little bit later. We're going to get Sims's draft sleepers and Matt Miller's draft sleepers, and then we're going to get Matt Walsh, who is in Veep. He's been in. Uh, every old school, old school hangover. hangover, and he's hilarious. hilarious. I can't so wait. We're going to do some fun stuff with Matt Walsh, but it's funny. So we've been. You look at mock drafts because right. you've been studying all these guys, and when we do things that Sims doesn't get, yes. it's also titled. When you know a mock draft is stupid and you should really stop <laughs> looking at it because it doesn't make sense. Because you see guys and you go, you're not going to believe this. Right. This idiot's got this guy. Right. So the first one that you have yes. is if you see a mock draft, and this is every mock draft, right. that it has a lot of wide receivers in the first round, it ain't good. No. Give me the breakdown why you think that wide receivers in the first round is not real. Well, I don't think there's really a legitimately uh, a first-round talent in the draft at the wide receiver position. Maybe Corey Coleman, 
But the fact that he went to Baylor and people know he's going to be behind the learning curve, that kind of takes him out of that category as well. Few mock drafts yes. at Treadwell at 10. Right, which is ridiculous. I would be shocked if the Giants – I'll quit the job and I won't do the podcast if the Giants take Laquan Treadwell You'll at 10. You'll quit Bleacher Report yes. if, if Laquan Treadwell goes to 10. Yes, and there's Corey Coleman regardless because that's another stupid one. What do we hear? Corey Coleman to the Houston Texans. Yes. Yes, let's go to the Houston Texans. I'm from Baylor. I've never had a playbook before. Now I'm going to go to the Houston Texans, which is New England 2.0, and I'm going to learn the most complicated, biggest playbook in the NFL, negative Ghost Rider. That flyby has been denied. What about Josh Doxson at 15? Uh, uh, To the Tennessee Titans? Yes. They only have three of those guys on their roster already. You mean guys that aren't extremely fast and do anything after the catch but have good hands? Yes. They have that guy. Kendall Wright, DGB. So you think the only wide receiver, because I also see Will Fuller going high all Listen, the time. these guys are good players. They're starting NFL receivers. I think, we're, I think what you're seeing with a lot of these mock drafts is they're letting years past influence this year. Well, receiver, it's a sexy position. There's got to be receivers going in the first round. Right. No, this year it's not about the receivers in this draft class. Draft class. It won't be about that in the first round. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, like we've said in some other podcasts, if you say Laquan Treadwell and Corey Coleman maybe are the two best receivers in the draft, um, in last year's draft they're like number seven or eight receiver. Mm. And the year before that they're number, number eight and number nine. So uh, we've had so many talented classes, I think it's kind of diluting uh, I always the bring process. this up. It reminds me of the Devin Thomas uh, class when he went – was the f- first wide receiver was in the second round. Right. And he was the kid out of Michigan State drafted by the y- uh, Washington Redskins. Yes, he was. And it just – it everyone kept putting him really high in the mocks. And just because they go. have size and they have good hands doesn't mean they're automatically a first-rounder. Josh Dotson's good player. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't see one play maybe where he caught a ball and made something happen after the catch. There's no NFL team that's going to go, oh, wow, he's got good hands and he's got good body control. Let's take him in the first round because right. nobody I, in football has that. I have a feeling that. we're going to have a run of corners and defensive tackles yes. in the first round. Yes, uh, Which gets us to your second one, right. which is you know that you should stop reading a mock draft if Sheldon Rankins is slated to go to the Bears. The Bears at 11. I've seen that on a lot of mock drafts. Yeah. and I don't. First of all, the Chicago Bears are the ultimate 3-4 team, the ultimate. Sheldon Rankins is one of the smallest D tackles in the draft, one of the smallest D tackles we've seen uh, the last few years come in the draft. Ultra talented, athletic. But to say Vic Fangio's 3-4 scheme from the 49ers, a typical 3-4 scheme where they go, we want giant men like Eric Armstead who's out there now or Justin Smith who retired. Giant men who can sit there and hold 315-pound tackles and say, you know what, I'm just going to hold you here, read the play, and then throw you to the side. 6'1", 299 is not going to get it done, and he doesn't have overly long arms. So when you see Sheldon Rankins at 11 to the Bears, Stop that, that person does no idea what the Bears are then, and that makes me question everything about them from yeah, there Matt Walsh, by the way, is coming on has a Bears podcast. Cool. And he is a huge Bears fan. We'll get so his So we're, we're going to talk on the Bears right. as well. All right, so again, things Sims doesn't get. Another sign, your mock draft stinks. <laughs> Shaq Lawson in the top ten. Yeah, that We've is We've talked about this before. Well, yeah, I mean, Shaq Lawson's a really good player, and I certainly don't want to keep crapping on him here. But Yeah, you uh, said you wrote here he's not even the best defensive lineman on his own team. No, I would take Kevin Dodd over him on the other side. He's got more potential. He's a bigger, longer man. He's got more athletic ability than Shaq Lawson. Shaq Lawson, I don't think is a guaranteed first rounder. I think likely he's somewhere between 25 and 40 in that range. 
good player, going to start on your team for a long time. But listen, the only two guys that have legitimate top 10 talent as edge pass rushers, in my opinion, Joey Abosa. Joey Abosa, as I call him. Uh, and would be the Floyd kid out of Georgia. Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd. Those You're the, hearing some buzz about yes, him right now. Well, there's, listen, the buzz is legit. And, and you see Shaq Lawson. Listen, he's got all the attributes to be a solid NFL starter. But 4'7", 269, uh, not the most legit explosive first step. Like, to compare this guy to other top 10 picks we've seen go out, off the edge the past few years, whether it be Khalil Mack or a Dante Vic Fowler Beasley. Jr., a Vic Beasley, he's not in their class athletically. Mm. So I just don't think anybody's values him as a top 10. When you see that, I think people are just going with a name and a guy who had a lot of he sacks. He was a guy that before the season was seen as a top pick. Uh, it kind of reminds so like, he was there, and then so those guys don't move a lot. No. It's kind of like after the Senior Bowl, Sheldon Rankins got thrown you're in right. there. And then it's like, well, he's not going to move too much. Like, they get this slate. They get stuck. Well, you're, you're exactly right. They get, they, get, they get obsessed with the idea, oh, he's a pass rusher. He's one of the best pass rushers. He's on the national championship team. Yeah. He's got to be a top five pick. Oh, and his stats back it up. And then every and year we have people like an Ezekiel Ansa who get drafted. And it's like, where did he come from? Right. And it's like, well, you, you, you were looking at these old mocks. Like, things change. The first round is about things you can do, what, in an elite fashion. Elite. And that's the that's thing, thing they're in the for. NBA. Like, they always talk in the NBA. It's like, are you an elite rebounder? Right. Like, that's your skill. You have elite, you elite size. Yeah, like, elite one explosion. thing. Right. Uh, one thing that, that you get upset about, the arm strength conversation. Yes. Well, I, listen, I hear it a lot. And, and listen, Goff and Wentz have both very good arms. I know, Wentz is phenomenal. Golf is a very good arm, but I get sick of that comparison, and it's always from the golf backers, right? There they go. They always want to say, golf. Uh, hey, would you two stop talking here? We're trying to. Hey, do no. Show. How about just this? You just tell me on camera because I can't freaking hear you. You can't right read now. lips. And this, and you want to be on the show? You're on the show. Thank you. So we're gonna do Miller in five minutes, and then we'll have Matt Walsh after that. Okay, cool. Okay. Work Thank for you? you. Yes, that was great. That was great. I actually um, enjoyed that. Yeah, that was great. Good I'd job, like Josh. He needs to I, talk but more. Then I ruined his flow. Don't He's worry. Not even I remember what he was talking good. about. Yeah. I got a big mouth, so I can keep going. Go for it. I get I get annoyed with the quarterback conversation. You know, oh, you know, arm strength is not that important. Uh, it's not the biggest thing. Listen, I know Goff, he's got a punny strong arm. He can make all the throws. But to say arm strength is not important is, is r- truly ignorant. It would be like saying speed's not that important for a wide receiver. It's just not that important. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. Jarvis Landry ran a 4-7. He can be a good player, but he's never going to be a star, and he's never going to be a number one. And that's the same thing at the quarterback position. Right. Certainly, yes. You, you I, could still have success. Right. Drew Brees has done that, but I would argue, too, Drew Brees has been in the perfect system. He's a great athlete. He's got great anticipation. Uh, all those things have helped him to make up for maybe the lack of premier arm strength. Right. But then let me just go back to the Super Bowl conversation, too. I mean, there's like – two quarterbacks in the history of football where I'd say, man, these are Super Bowl winning quarterbacks and they had uh, subpar NFL arms. Brad Johnson might be one of them uh, and maybe Drew Brees at that point. Trent Dilfer? Trent Dilfer had a phenomenal arm. That's why he was the number one pick of the draft. I mean, he could really throw it. So to say that is a little ridiculous. When you have a strong arm, it allows your offense to call plays that they wouldn't call with another guy. It allows you to make throws and decisions that a weaker arm guy would not make, which again goes into explosive plays Right. And explosive plays are one of the biggest things in determining out, outcomes well, the thing of the game. Is too, so is I just like, get sick of that. If, you, if you're rant. a quarterback and you don't have an arm that can stretch the field, the defense can, can squat on everything. Exactly yeah. right. I mean, we've seen it, whether it be, let's say, Teddy Bridgewater. Just I, I don't like to always crap on it's him. It's harder for Teddy to have success in the NFL. 
It doesn't mean he can have success. Yes. But his ceiling of success is low. And you're going to have to do it a different way. You're right. And it's going to. But then I also think for certain guys like Ryan Mallett, right. arm strength is something that will get him a lot of jobs in his it career. Got, right. But he, in terms of awareness and accuracy, yes. it's like he, he, his ceiling for accuracy is super low. It's just like, hey, just because Darius Hayward Bay is the fastest receiver in football doesn't mean he's the best receiver in football. Right. So, you're, yes, I'm just saying I don't like when people say arm strength is not that important. It's about accuracy and timing. Listen, all those things are important, but to say arm strength is not important is just, is just absolutely ridiculous. You take the top ten quarterbacks in the history of football, all of them had, like, top five arms when they were in the prime of their career. Right. Right. We ready for them? Not yet. A couple minutes. Cool. All right. What do you want to talk about? The defensive tackles. Let's yeah. do the D. <laughs> Who are we waiting on? Who are we going first? Matt Miller. First and then Walsh. Okay. All right. So things that you think and you've, you're hearing right now in the NFL, you believe the big discussion is defensive tackles. Definitely. And we've been saying this now for a month or two that defensive tackles, it's one of the best crops we've seen. Yes. So what Fendrick did was he asked you for your top 10 defensive tackles, yeah. not defensive ends, right. not pass rushers, yeah, we're true not, defensive tackles, right. because we both think there's going to be a run. Yes. And everyone says, oh, there's all these guys. You had a hard time whittling it down to 10. Very hard. We're going to rank them because no one else, I think, is really willing to put their name on it. Yeah. And I was very surprised so how are we doing this from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10 all right we're gonna start off go we're gonna go from 1 to 10 yeah let's do 1 to 10 because some of the one the number one is obvious yes. all right so no defensive te- uh, and there's and and you gotta you, you know it's hard because there's like two different types of d tackles in this draft there's there's the true d tackle who's just a big strong man and movable force but then there's the sheldon rankins who are like the hybrid hybrid d tackle dn not hard words exactly right guys that you go you know i can't play him a d tackle all game long against the dallas cowboys yes. on first and ten yes. or we're going to give up 300 yards rushing for people that listened to episode i think it was 58 right where you said that jihad ward if you lost 10 pounds would become michael bennett right this crop is so good that jihad ward didn't even make your top 10 it was tough you try to put him in yeah, but he didn't make it. This was very tough, and I think really you let's can see, get to it. Yeah, number one, right. you have DeForest Buckner. Right, DeForest Buckner. You think Buckner. he's a stud? He's a slam dunk. Slam dunk, and you might see De next to his name because he was in a three-four scheme. Yeah, I got Oregon. an argument with a guy on Twitter that told me that he couldn't be a defensive tackle. No, DeForest he's Buckner. a defensive tackle. All right, all number two, right. first surprise. Right, you have Vernon Butler yes. of Louisiana Tech. I love Vernon Butler. Number two, number two. I really do. I listen. I, I know I made the social video. I think he's a lot like Muhammad Wilkerson. Uh, he's what six five three twenty three, I believe. Josh, he's got unbelievably it's one of long my favorite arms. Things that you do, uh, and and the, the 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 amazing thing about him is he makes a ton of plays athletically. I mean, when you six, watch six four three twenty three, six four three twenty three, you got the weight down. Uh, but he makes a number of plays athletically where you go, wow, this kid can really run. How much does he weigh? Three twenty three? Are you kidding me? He weighs yeah. that much. And then his ability to take on double teams, throw blockers off. Hey, it's Louisiana Tech. The one negative is he didn't go against a lot of top-tier offensive linemen. Right. But in games like Kansas State, who do have some good offensive linemen yeah. and have some power run game, man, he's a beast. Kind of. Now, I'm not saying he's like Don Terry Poe, but it feels a little bit where you're like, you have this guy with his size and height and weight and yes. speed, and you go, he's special. Yes. 
competition's not great. Right. And I feel like he's making a late charge in terms of relevance. I think he goes in the top 15 for sure. Number three, Ashawn Robinson. Right. Ashawn Robinson, beast. A lot like Vernon Butler. Uh, Ashawn Robinson has a tremendously high ceiling. Uh, is there a little. He's young. A too. little bad. Exactly. Is there a little bad on his tape every now and then? Every now and then. It's yeah. very few and far between. But yes, the big thing is, is he's young. He's super athletic. I mean, bendable, pliable, uh, and again, athletic enough to be disruptive, have legitimate pass rush value yes. on third down. He Number four surprised yeah. me because right. I thought you were going to go Jerron Reed. Number four, you went Chris Jones. I did. Of Mississippi State. Yeah. Chris Jones? I know. Who? Chris Jones is uh, a lot like the A. Shawns and the Vernon Butlers. And you compare him to Kendichi a little bit. He's, yes, because his film is not over. You, you get done watching Chris Jones. Look at Chris Jones' uh, size and everything. I think, again, he's like six. 320 something but he is uh he is a guy you want more when you watch the film you go man I mean some of his six six three ten okay six six three ten yeah. so he's a monster he's a monster and there's plays where you go man this guy shouldn't be blocked by this guy come on man but when he gets but when through. he gets through or he decides to go it's phenomenal hey man and they've yes. had good deal I mean I mean Fletcher Mississippi Cox. State is unbelievable. all right number five you have Jaron Jer- Reed or Jaron Reed right Jaron Reed one of the safest picks of the draft. Uh, he's a true nose tackle, shade nose, not going to be... Ten-year vet. Ten-year, exactly, and really just going to hold down the middle, can two-gap, can do it all, but phenomenal player. All these guys are going in the first round. Hassan Ridgeway yes. at number six. I love Hassan Ridgeway. He's one of my favorites. Now, Hassan Ridgeway, uh, I think, is a true three technique. You want him in a four-down lineman. But so, like, Ridgeway seems more, like, explosive, but Reed seems more solid. Exactly. So, would, you put solid over explosive. I would say these other guys that are above Hassan Ridgeway all have a little more stoutness than Hassan Ridgeway. Not great against the run as right. much. Now, Ridgeway's good against the run. I don't, I'm not concerned about it. But, but he's also going to get after the passer. He is going to get after the passer, and he's going to be the one that's in the backfield the most. Uh, disrupting run plays and things Number like that. Number seven, you go Jonathan Bullard out of Florida. Yeah, freak show, man. I, I really love Jonathan Bullard. Who does Bullard. he remind you of in the league? He would be a Michael Bennett-ish type guy. Again, he's 6'3", 285. I, I even wrote in my notes, I think, like, lose 10 pounds and he can be ultra-athletic and, like, unblockable. Guys, you want all these guys to lose Malik Jackson, Michael Bennett type guy. But that's what this kid will be. He can be a defensive end on first and second down. On third down, you make him a three technique and pass rush. And he can be – this guy could be a – Aaron Donald type talent as a pass rush D tackle. Like he could be eight to ten sacks a year consistently. Wow. It's right. Miller time, gentlemen. Once we oh, get through Miller these last time, right, we got two more. Boy, we, got, we got three more. Three so more. eight, you have Kimdichi. Yes, eight. eight. Is- Eight is Kimdichi, which could be at the end of the first round. I wouldn't be shocked if all ten of these guys went in the first round. Kimdichi's a freak show. We know that. Uh, Forget the off the field. The tape The is tape is a little underwhelming. Yes, all right, nine, you have Sheldon Rankins. Yes, Sheldon Rankins. Because I think of the liability of the run game, but you still think he's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of potential. You've got to have a plan with guys like Sheldon Rankins. What's your plan? If you just say, oh, we're going to make him our three technique, then you're going to have the worst run defense in football. So you better have a plan and attack where, oh, on first down, we can play him at defense end and we have a true defensive yes. tackle in the middle, and then when they get into nickel situations or passing then you situations, put them there. then you can put them And inside. 10, you have Andrew Billings and a Baylor. Yes. Stout run stopper. Like a Jerron Reed, more of a true nose tackle, shade nose. This guy's like a Vince Wilfork, that yes. kind of guy. Chester McLaughlin back in the day, Jeez. remember him, right? Yeah. Just a real plugger, but has good athletic ability for a nose tackle. Very 
All right, I'm curious what Miller thinks. Let's bring in the one, the only NFL draft scout, Matt Miller. I hope that I can hear him. Uh, Miller, I'm going to read you Sims's ranked defensive tackles. I want your thoughts. Oh, what are you? Look at this background today. Look at that, right? Are you at my third grade school pictures? I didn't know that. I like that. (laughs) This is all we can do in Missouri, man. This is as good as we get. All right, so Miller, here are the rankings he has his defensive tackles. 1 through 10, DeForest Buckner, 2, Vernon Butler, 3, Ashawn Robinson, 4, Chris Jones, 5, Jerron Reed, 6, Hassan Ridgeway, 7, Jonathan Bullard, 8, Robert Kimdichie, 9, Sheldon Rankins, 10, Billings, Jihad Ward just missed the cut. Don't hold back. Yeah, what do you, you want to crap all over me? Crap all over me. I don't care. I think you're a little high on Vernon Butler, but I, I heard your conversation, and I like the way that you prefaced it that, you want guys who are a little more multiple, a little more versatile. So I think the NFL will put Sheldon Rankins up there as probably a top 20 pick. Right. And the same for Andrew Billings. I think he probably goes round one. But I'm with you. I love Chris Jones. This is, He was one of those guys that I kind of didn't like early in the year. And it was like, man, he is lazy. But then you start watching it. It's like, holy sh! This guy's long and he's powerful and he's fast. And yeah. it's like, if everything checks for him off the field, because he just got in some trouble with a suspended license – and uh, getting pulled over in the middle of the night. If everything checks off the field, I wouldn't be shocked if he's a top 15 or 20 guy. Yeah, but Jahad Ward, I think, goes top 40. He is a freak show athlete. Right. Love him in a five-tech. Yeah, I, I, that's what I mean. I love you that know. Miller got the first curse in the podcast. Well done. <laughs> what, it, what's amazing, too, and listen, like Miller made some great points. Uh, he's like Sheldon Rankins and Andrew Billings, yeah, they could go in the top 20. I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm shocked they go in the top right. 20. It's just got to be in a place that's going to use them They use them the right, right. way. And, and really, I think, like, I know I have Billings number 10, but uh, I really think all 10 of those are going in the first round. I think we might see record number of interior defensive linemen in the first round when it's all said and done. Because if there's a run of them, too, like Miller's saying, Jahad Ward, who he thinks is going to go in the top 40, then maybe somebody at 30 or 31 goes, everybody's gone, we got to get a Jahad Ward now because or whatever this is, it is. this is my thought. is And, Miller, you know this from talking to front office people. Front office people are sitting around going, man, this is an incredible defensive lineman draft. Yes. And they're also thinking, I can't be the only GM that leaves this draft without one of these defensive linemen. It's like right. being a GM that left two years ago without one of those incredible wide receivers. You know what I mean? You're like, oh, the John Brown, the fourth round. You didn't get a wide receiver in this draft. Right. You missed out. Right. Yeah, guys, I think it'll be interesting because do we see a run on D-tackles or do you have GMs who say, man, I can get a D-tackle in round two. Let me get a corner in round one. So it's going to be interesting to see next Thursday and Friday, do the D-tackles go like fast and early or do people wait because there's so much depth that – they're saying, man, I could get Hassan Ridgeway in round two or round three, right. so I don't have to reach for Ashawn Robinson in round one. That, so it's, that is it's going to be interesting it, to watch. I could see, I could see a run on corners at the end of the yep. top ten that we talked about yesterday yeah. because the Niners, who's eight, the the Ravens, the Eagles, the Niners, the Eagles, right. the Ravens, um, Buccaneers, the Buccaneers, corner, the Bears, the Saints, exactly right, the all Dolphins, all could use corners. I could see corners because I think there's a drop off in corners, but then I think end of the teens, early twenty, it could be D lineman, D lineman, D lineman, D lineman, D lineman. Yeah, and offensive linemen because then you have Seattle, Kansas City, Green Bay. You know, there are a lot of teams. So I think that the twenties. It's going to be a lot of guys who line up in the trenches and maybe receivers right there in the middle because you've got 
Houston, Minnesota, Cincinnati, they all need receivers. All right, so for a lot of people out there, you guys, look, I'm, I'm watching TV, and I'm still seeing debates about golf and Wentz. Right. I'm over it. Yeah. One of them's going first. Likely one of them's going second. We've broken them down. It, it's really – I'm sick of talking about it, too. And the good thing is, the one thing I feel good about this conversation is both are going to be good pros. So I'm not yes. like, oh, gosh, if you take this one, you're it's an idiot. It's not a Ryan Leaf It's situation. not – no, exactly right. All right, so – but the one thing I, I do love is you guys now are looking for sleepers. Right. You're really deep – Miller is probably super deep yeah, in the weeds. Yeah, he's deeper than me. I mean, he's looking at like fifth and sixth round guys. So I want to do Matt Miller and Chris Sims sleepers. Right. We're going to go back and forth. And what's funny is the first sleeper that both of you gave is the same. So, Miller, <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you go. Give your first sleeper, and then Sims will chime in. Yeah, Sharon Peek from Clemson. Uh, if, he, if you're a receiver at Clemson, you're, I'm going to pay attention to you because they have a track record now of success. He's another one. He's explosive after the catch. He's a good vertical receiver up down the seam. I thought he's probably in that round two, round three range right after the top tier of receivers, but he really, really impressed me the whole week we were at the Senior Bowl. One of those guys, you watch him down there in Mobile, and you're like, this guy's way too good for what I know of him. So you go home, watch him again, and and he was really impressive. So Sharon Peak Clemson, just another Tiger receiver turned it up in the NFL. I don't have Miller's notebook, but right. I went into yours, and what right. you wrote about Sharon Peak is most physically gifted wide receiver in the draft, definitely in top two playmakers yes. in this draft. Yes. You think he's got that Corey Coleman burst? I him. do. He's got phenomenal bursts. As far as guys with the ball in their hand after the catch, I think him and Corey Coleman are the two most dangerous guys there are. Now, Sharon Peak is raw. Miller hit on all the points. Does he drop a ball every now and yeah. then? Yes. But I'll say he makes the miraculous catches happen all the time. So he's one of those. You know, I think he's Which I is kind of like DeAndre Hopkins right. in his first I year. I think he's got good hands. He's a guy that's probably looking to run after run before he catches the ball sometimes. Yes. But uh yes, this guy, I'm not going to say he's Martavis Bryant, but it's not far behind with the explosion, the length, yes. the ability to accelerate off the line of scrimmage. Listen, he went Jalen Ramsey matched up with him uh, from Florida State and not that Jerome Peak had a great day against him, but he certainly wasn't out of place and overwhelmed by Jalen gotcha. Ramsey's talent. All right, Sims, your next sleeper, William and Mary, DeAndre Houston Carson. Yes. You wrote about him. I'm impressed with this kid. He's one of the best safeties I've seen in this draft. He has very good speed. He's faster than Von Bell. What else stood to you about DeAndre Houston Carson? Yeah, well, he's, he's a very good player. I think, again, you know, we talk about these guys' hybrid defensive linemen. Uh, Houston Carson is one of these guys where I look at him and go, man, he's phenomenal at tackling in the box. He's got great acceleration explosion. Is he a safety linebacker or a safety corner? No, he's more of like this would be that safety corner. He can do both safety positions really well. And, yes, if you had to match him up against a receiver, a tight end, he can hold his own. He's got very good hips and coverage. I was super impressed with him. I really was. Uh, you know, and I saw him in some games against Division One talent, and I just said – he looked better than those other Division One safeties across right. the field or those other plays. I saw him, again, I think, in a game against Virginia early on in the year. He's a really good football player. Uh, he probably goes, I don't know, somewhere in the third round right. because of William and Mary and whatever else. But uh, I, I think he's phenomenal. Miller, you're going to have to pronounce your next one because I don't know. What <laughs> I just had to look it up. So, what is uh, it? I, I'm prepared. Yeah, Yannick Ngawe. Yannick Ngawe. Yeah. Well, who, who he's is from Maryland. So he's from Maryland. So Fendrick should know this guy, right? Yes. Uh, an edge rusher. Uh, he has definitely gotten a lot of buzz as we get close to the draft. He had a tremendous pro day about two weeks ago, and that was when teams really started talking him up. He's going to be a 3-4 stand-up outside linebacker. I think he's probably on par with guys we saw last year like Preston Smith, uh, physical, you know, 270-ish pound 
you know, kind of that elephant in, but he has upfield burst. He's raw. He came out early as a junior, so a lot of teams are really starting to trend on him. And every time I watch him, I like him a little bit more because there's not that true great edge rusher in this class. All right, and then tell me about this tight end that you think is a sleeper. Yeah, Nick Vanette, and he might be the second tight end off the board now. Coming out of Ohio State, wasn't used in that scheme, which is the is same thing the we said. Is that Braxton told us about? Yes, it is. That's funny. Is it? Yeah, no, he's good. He's He does it all. I, I told people on Twitter, he's a baby Jason Witten because he blocks, he catches up the seam. Senior Bowl week, he didn't drop a ball the whole time we were there. So he is a very exciting guy. After Hunter Henry, Nick Vanette's the next best, next best tight end. I know I, you think Jarrell Adams is the next best tight end. Well, I think Jarrell Adams' physical ability is the best in the draft at the tight end position. I really do. Yes, yeah. he is a man. Vanette, I, I like Nick Vanette. I like, honestly, listen, I like Nick Vanette better than uh, Hunter Henry. I, yes, I do. I'm not a big all you can do is catch the ball tight end for me. I'm really not. I want my tight end to be able to do a little bit of both. I think you wrote for Nick Vanette, you wrote, this is my kind of tight my end. My kind of tight end, without a doubt. A He's going to do both. Maybe not as sexy in the pass game as Hunter Henry from Arkansas, yeah. but Hunter Henry, I, I, would, I have serious questions about his willingness to block people. Uh, Hunter Henry, when he catches the ball, he goes down before he gets hit sometimes. He, does, he ain't looking for contact, so that right. would be my worries about him. And your other sleeper, Sims, Carl Nassib. Yeah. You wrote, he has incredible get-off in the first step, can't yes. get over his straight-ahead explosion. Right. But your question was, is he going to be able to get to the quarterback in the NFL? Yes. Well, he, he is, uh, first of all, 6'7", 277, I believe. So he's a monster. Uh, he is. He's built like a Jared Allen who just retired, right? He's that same type of guy. And if you told me five years from now he's having a career like Jared Allen, I'm not going to be like, oh, wow, that's really surprising. Uh, I think he is a starting defense end. He does have legit first step explosion off the edge. Some, one of the best first steps there is. Now, because he's tall, he's not always great at taking on double teams right. or things like that from the side to side, but he's got a very good motor, and uh, I think he's a good enough athlete. You know, he could be a little bit of a two-gapper two to a degree and a true 4-3 defense end. Yeah, he's a guy that I think maybe a few years has some potential to be a double-digit pass. Now, Miller, Miller has right. three super deep sleepers. So, Miller, I want you to run <laughs> through deep. these. Uh, do, give, give me a little breakdown of these three guys. These are What rounds are these guys going to go in? These are our late rounds. I think probably round five to round seven. Okay. And Ryan, I'll start with Ryan Smith. North Carolina Central, I don't even know where that school is. I've never been there, never heard of it until I saw this kid play. But uh, he can be a starting outside corner in a year or two. Yeah, his technique is crappy right now, but he has the instincts, he has the awareness, has the ball skills. So starting out in the nickel, moving to the outside eventually. DeMarcus Ayers, wide receiver from Houston, came out a year early. Maybe shouldn't have. I think he's quicker than fast, but he's electric in the return game. He's a great slot receiver. And it's it's kind of a cliche at this point, but you get him in New England with that offense, and I know they have interest in him. I think he would definitely be a very good fit there. And then Dwayne Washington, a running back from Washington, Every year, there's some late-round running back who comes in and produces. He's the guy I would put my name on this year. Big, physical, you know, 211, 215-pound back. Has power between the tackles. Good body lean. Just needs a – he didn't have much of an opportunity behind that Huskies offensive line. Right. I can imagine. I'm super excited. Miller, when do you come into New York? I fly in Monday, and I'll be there until the following Monday. So you guys are going to be so sick of me. This yeah, is gonna be baby. Great. So we're going to be going live on Facebook, like, all week, breaking down the draft. Right. Obviously, we're going to be doing the draft. Hopefully, we have time for a podcast next week. But we'll, you'll be in here the whole time, and we're going to really do a deep dive on the draft, look at all your mocks and all that stuff. Miller, you are that dude, my friend. I appreciate it.
Looking forward to seeing you guys. Hook I'm them, looking forward yeah, to we're going to have fun his, next week. I'm dude. looking forward to seeing his class photo. Oh, I, right? <laughs> I didn't realize. Once they zoomed out, I saw it was the stadium, but it looked like one of those standard gray backgrounds. I wish there were some lasers in the back and he was wearing yeah. a sweater that his mom I'm getting my spring school photo right now, guys. So. <laughs> awesome. See you, man. Be good. Love you, buddy. Nice to see you guys. See ya. All right, Matt Miller. Yeah, I think we'll have some good conversations with Miller next week, too, just because there are some things we disagree on. Uh, what are the biggest ones? Well, well I know there's the some, wide receivers. I think there's some corners, the wide receiver thing, right. Like, you know, I, I, that's another one. Like the Cincinnati Bengals. They lost Marvin Jones and Mohamed <laughs> Sanu. Everybody's yeah. got him taking a receiver. Yeah. Oh, they did sign Brandon LaFell. They do have unbelievable tight end play. They do have two unbelievable running backs. And they have A.J. Green. Yeah, so why do they need a receiver? Exactly right. So there's a little – little. Uh, I get sick of hearing that talk all the time. And I know you're sick about Sheldon Rankins to the Bears, so I'm curious what Matt Walsh uh, who thinks. Who cares about the Let's Bears? Let's bring him on. Yes, come on. Yeah. No, come on. you can bring come your on. coffee. You bring your coffee. Bring your coffee. Come on. I didn't you know how formal like, your show was. This is, this is not formal. <laughs> What's up, man? Nice What's to meet you. What's up? Nice to meet you. you, man? Nice, nice to meet you guys. Enjoy Matt your stuff. Walsh, I'm going to do a quick read of everything. We were, we were going through all your movies earlier, and they're the best. But right now, Thank he you. is killing it on Veep. And by the way, it's going to premiere this Sunday, Mike April McClintock. 24th. Mike McClintock. Yes, Mike McClintock. Good job, um, Dennis. The Daily Show correspondent, founding member of UCB. And yeah. We have so many people in our office who have gone to UCB. I have been taken to UCB. I kind of want to try it. You should. I, I will say the disparity between, I don't even know if I said that word disparity. right. Disparity. disparity. That was disparity awful. Disparity is <laughs> fine. From great improv to people that are not good at improv, it went from me like being like, this is amazing, I want to do this, to this was some of the like most stressful, frustrating, scary, like r- new people doing improv, is, and we're going to get him to try and do it, so I'm oh, very please. excited for that. Yeah, uh, and then also, did you know that he was a backup tight end in high school? I did oh. not. <laughs> I did not. He got a Damn, I feel like I'm burned. <laughs> yeah. That's um, true. All right, so you're a huge, you're a huge Bears fan. That should be at the top of my resume, backup yes. tight end. <laughs> Who was the starter? Was any good? Uh, John, I think it was John Tallene. This kid was literally like 6'6". Six, six, right. So. I think it's the first thing on your Wikipedia page. It's just backup, backup tight, tight end. end for life. <laughs> that's my hor- that's my horoscope. Backup what was your – did you get some action in high school? Uh, I was decent. No, yeah. I wasn't good. I don't have that killer instinct. Like, I got knocked around, and I'm sure I had – a concussion. I can guarantee you right. oh my gosh, a moment sad. where this kid who went on, he was a tackle, Brian Ward, 6'8". Right. Oh my I was gosh. like 6'1". And just blindsided me like I was a linebacker. Yeah. And just blindsided me and had the instant headache and blackout. That's oh, a t- that's a that, concussion. I would right? say that yes, is a, that is yes. You've had one of those. Hurt that, like hell, and then that, getting knocked out. And that <laughs> fat, beefy mother effer was just going. By the way, you ha, 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 ha. yeah, you're allowed, allowed to curse. curse on here. Oh really? So, that, yeah. that fat mother. F- yes. Good was one. like ha ha. He had no sympathy. I like that. Good one. No, no that's sympathy. that's a, especially I feel like it's like younger players, like yeah. junior high, high school. There's like this sick like passion of knocking a more dude dirty out. players I played in against in high school and at the University of Texas than I did in the NFL combined. Not, yeah, not even close. well, NFL it's like the brotherhood. It's well, like we want to protect each other. I understand that if you get hurt, it could take food off your family's plate. Right. High school, it's kind of like I'm gonna show that on Vine to all the girls in school. And like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was worried about Vine back then. Sure. No, the internet. Vine, we didn't have Vine. We just we just left notes on each other's lockers. Yes, oh my back then. I am so we didn't have post-its yet. I am so happy that that social media was not a thing back then. Like it just yeah, we would be. Oh my god, 
It'd be awful. Pictures of you drunk, yeah. underage. Oh, the 85 Becca. bears wouldn't have existed if there was social media. Yeah, I was know? just reading that uh, there was another celebratory book about that year. And like yeah. that week, those guys were in the bars every night in New Orleans till like 2 in the morning, for sure. How old were you in 1985? Uh, like, what was, was that for you? Uh, I was 20, 21. 21. So you were like in this ultimate Don't part tell of me fandom. how old I am, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> that is rude. That's Josh, a.k.a. Mother Hen. That's so. very rude. the punching exactly. bag of the podcast. I could have been 20 and a half. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Don't um, act like you're an expert on my age. What was that year like? <laughs> 1985 Bears. I was in college at Northern Illinois, probably so in my you're in the during area my too. first senior year. Right. I did two senior years Good there. You. Good for you. And uh, right. I just remember like watching it with a bunch of friends, and then it was snowing and freezing, and it was amazing. Oh. But my brothers went down there, and they had a classic like they had the RV, and they started tailgating a day before, and it was just raucous, and oh. that's a crazy party town. So they so make fun. you go around and do this for Veep every year, every year? Yeah, you get out promote because yeah. there's a lot of white noise out there, gentlemen. Yeah. You have to let people know your show's coming back. You right. can't assume they're How much fun back. has it been? It's been really good. I think season five should be as good as season four, if not better. I hear all the time um, about how amazing Julia Louis-Dreyfus is, but you have you, Tony Hale, her. I mean, like, the energy. You're an improv guy, so you're feeding off people. What is it like on that set and just that, that, that raw feeling? Well, we mostly do improv and rehearsals. So, like, we'll get scripts that are great, and then we'll rehearse them and put the scripts down and try to figure it out. So, on the day of filming, there's very little true improv. Sure. Like we'll, if we're not behind, uh, we'll get a free take where we can just f*** around and do things that we know are do never going to be in used? the show. Do they ever get used? Right. Uh, sometimes they do. Yeah, there are okay. there are lines and moments that you discover on set that uh, get used. But and sometimes you just like try to make your scene partner laugh. Like, oh, just I can do imagine. something that you right. know is not going to be in there. Right. But, right, but it's great. But it's I want to dig in more of that. But I want to ask you. So the Bears, like eleven. Like, are you thinking about this? Like, do you care about the draft at all? Like, be honest. I'm a little embarrassed. I'm not up to date on what the Bears need. All I know is like they're going to probably grab some defensive lineman because we just went to the three four, which is like right. one of the newest things. I don't think they ever did. Three four, so no, they're probably going to draft is. some big bodies for yes. pass rush, and I know our safeties are terrible. What yeah. is your corner, feeling towards the corner? What's yeah. your feeling towards Jay Cutler? Because I think the national perspective is Please. what an asshole, and ever, and but I, I'm curious, like Bears fans, like he's super talented, and you know he's good, but he's frustrating as hell. Like, what is your feeling towards Jay Cutler? He's just sort of a known known. He's like uh, he was the twelfth rated quarterback last year, which surprised me. Yes. So he, he had, had a good year. That's, that's imp- yeah, that's yeah. impressive. He was in my top ten at the end of the year. I think I had him like six or seven. Yeah, it's, that's yeah. impressive. So he has that potential, but ultimately he'll disappear for injury or something for like two or three games a year. And, right. Uh, I think his diabetes is a, is a thing. It was I think an issue managing for sure. that is. I think there's fluctuations in mood and sure. energy with that sort of sure. Like, Illness. So Who I think was that's the player that we saw, right. Patrick Peterson. Yes, he had He's diabetes. Well, yes, yeah, he and, had and he didn't realize it, and then he changed it. All of a sudden, he was one of the best corners again last really? year. Really? Right. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. So my, my relationship with Philly fans is I'm like a self-loathing. I'm a Philly fan, sure. and uh, they embarrass me all the time. But I sure. care about them. I want to be happy. Like, what's your relationship with the Bears and all that? Uh, I'm. <laughs> The Bears. Uh, I love the Bears. I'm like I'm a solid Bear fan. I follow them. But like the Chicago fan. Uh, it's. I guess it's kind of a stereotype. Like I don't. I don't know. Like you all uh, have mustaches. You all love case. <laughs> Go Bears. We drink. Dicka. Di- we drink Ditka's wine. Yeah. <laughs> sausage. We grill sausages. Right. I don't know. Like uh, it is kind of a stereotype. Or like people dressed as Blues Brothers. Right. At the Bears game. Yeah. That's a little embarrassing. Are you sure. White Sox or Cubs? 
not a huge baseball guy, but right. I was born on the South Side, so yeah, I'm okay. a White Sox, You're White Sox guy. Oh yeah. my god! All right, but so not a Cub hater. I don't hate the Cubs. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. cool. I'm like that. With I'm a Yankees fan, but I I'm not a Mets hater. Yeah. Um. All right. So I, I want to know what what movie are you most identified with when you're walking around the streets mm. of New York? What What's the one where they always come up? I mean, is it old school or is it you know? Uh, I think Doctor from the Hangover for a long time. Yeah, was at the like, corner crazy. of uh, get a map and get go. So there you go. Yes, yeah. we said that in the office 30 times yesterday. Really? In lieu of you, because we knew Did you were you? coming in here. Yes. Yeah, that was great. Thank you. Yes, I've been asked to say that in airports many times. Uh, so I think The Hangover is a big one in old school. Right. Yeah, those would probably be the top two. And then Ted. I played a boss in Ted. Yes. yes. People love Ted. Yeah, I, What's really funny, we were talking about this today. Um, I remember when Upright Citizens Brigade started on Comedy Central. And I just remember, like, the intro, and it was, like, dark, and you guys were, like, standing in front of the camera. And I was like... What the hell is this stuff? And then I come to New York, and I, I love going to the shows. I love experiencing that because it feels raw and it feels real. Yeah. What was it like to start that? Like, what was was there a, a place that you guys were taking it from, or you're like, was improv always big in your life? And you said, Yeah, we came out of something? Chicago. We were doing improv. And so was we that came, Second City? A place called Improv Olympic, mostly. Okay. I toured with Second City for a year. Okay. As did uh, Ian and Amy. And then when we got to New York, there was a bit of a vacuum for what. Uh, we were doing with improv, so we started doing these free shows, and then a lot of people started coming and like, how do we do this? So we yeah. started teaching, and then like a year later, we uh, rented a strip club that Giuliani had shut down and yeah. literally cut the runway in half, took Damn the pole Giuliani. down, pushed it together, and made a theater because we had already had all these uh, students doing shows, and we wanted to have like a clubhouse. So it yeah. was. There was no like huge plan. It was just sort of like, well, let's have our own clubhouse. Well, that's, right. thus is improv. There's yeah. no plan. You're there just was kind no. of doing it. Unfortunately, in business, you have to have a plan. Yeah. So we're yeah. a little more grown up now. That's but my biggest problem is I just want to do things. We're like, well, now, Adam, we have to have a schedule when we're going to release this. It's like, I don't know. That is that is the challenge of life. Yeah. I agree yes. with you. Uh, so with, with improv. <laughs> <laughs> uh, agree, I agree with you. I'm so overwhelmed. Like, I would rather improvise everything like... I left the house with my ID. Like, I flew on a plane without my license. Like, what's wrong with How me? How is that possible? I'm 50 years old. Yeah. Like, what the fuck yeah, is you, wrong with yeah, you? Can we confirm that? Is he 50 years old? 51. I'll check that on the Wikipedia You always shave page. a little. <laughs> 51. Um, so what's really funny, so I went to a few improv shows, and I loved it. And I was like, oh, I want to do this. And then I, then one of my friends, Tom Beecher here, who does a lot of improv, we went out with a bunch of the people that did the show. And then I didn't want to do it ever again. Because I asked a, a question. I was like, you know, what do you think about improv? Like, why do you like it? And then it was like everyone becoming like an improv expert. Well, I really love the oh, time. Oh I'm like, you weren't good. Like, you really weren't good. Like, I was just kind of giving you guys compliments. And I know that I'm not going to be that great. But it's the way that people speak about improv. Like, what do you think of UCB now? Like, obviously, you're like a founding father. Yeah. What do you think, it is, what do you think of it now? Founding father. Founding father. Uh, what do I think? I mean, it's a huge, like, when I started in Chicago... There was probably 150 people involved in it in, in Chicago, yeah. the small scene. And now it's like worldwide. It's just a huge explosion. And I agree, there's nothing more boring than people talking intellectually about oh. comedy. Like, oh my God, like I don't ever want to be in that conversation. <laughs> so I completely agree. But uh, And there was karaoke going on while they were doing it. Yeah, I, I like, guess... This is the bane of my existence. I guess it's like anything, like bad... Country music is terrible, but right. good country music is amazing. It's fantastic. Same with stand-up. Like, there's a lot of bad stand-up, but there's like stand-up's like the hardest, I think, yeah. hardest art form in the world to be good at. I really do. Right. What? What? So, I, like, improv and stand-up. How different are those worlds? Well, improv is 
collaborative in nature and you have to like relinquish your idea to pursue someone else's mm. and stand up is just what you want to say and you're constantly like like if you're thinking like a stand up in an improv scene you're just like okay I can't wait to say my joke right. which doesn't serve the scene and the scene will move past you right. it's funny yesterday we did a whole thing about ego and we had this guy that's like a stoic in philosophy and all. I'm not even joking like we Ooh. literally did that Ryan Holiday Okay. Uh, and we were, it, it's like stand up comedy is the essence of ego. This is me, this is what I do. And improv is sort of like, we are what we are. And I take it and I give it, and <laughs> thus is life. Yeah, well, stand ups write their jokes, and they just, they're, and it's also an efficient sort of talent. Like, you just right. want to get set up punchline ultimately. Improv, you get more time to explore and discover, and a little downtime until you get into something yeah. new. So they're they're completely different muscles. I want to see you do improv so bad. I'm down for improv. We're I mean, do I'm doing improv second. all the time. I'm next to you for a day. For yeah. My so what were you going to say? Uh, no, I just want to. You know, I like to ask questions. Like, not that you didn't like all your castmates, but you know, out of the people you've worked with, who are the guys that you go, "Oh man, that was a lot of fun," or you see him coming up and, and you look forward to working with? Is there anybody that jumps out to where you just you I had get, a blast well, in the past or look forward to working with? I'm in sure, the you future? get asked about Will Ferrell all the time. Oh, you mean like just outside of Veep or on no, the show? No, yeah, any, any, anything in your career who you just had a lot of fun, one of the personalities that you've worked with. Oh, my God. I, know, uh, I got to hang out with James Carville in the south of France. Wow. What? Yeah. But that I was, was talking about cool. like purely like when you were making I the movie that. and all that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's blow past that. Uh, I don't know. know. Like I, 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 we uh, spent time with Martin Mull, who's like a, a huge hero of mine super funny really smart uh, Hugh Laurie's on the show yes. I was a little little starstruck with him there was a guy named Chris Morris who directed some of our episodes who's like a British comedy icon right. who uh, I enjoy uh, even like guys like Frank Rich who's a producer on our show Right. he's like a real political pundit these are guys that you really really respect well yeah. it's just like anybody who like I don't know if you meet like a sports analyst who knows everything you're just going to instantly use them like Wikipedia so yeah. what do you think they're going to pick what right. do you think yeah. I like people that are experts on right. whatever politics sports or sure. hi I'm Chris Sims I'm an NFL expert nice so who are the Bears going to draft oh I don't know but they're oh. not taking Sheldon Rankins at 11 <laughs> I know that Yeah. <laughs> well if you had to guess put, put, put your name on I it. think if the Floyd kid's there from Georgia they're going to take him yeah. that would be my guess if not then maybe they go like a William Jackson best corner on the board available I would look I at that I say take Fuller and they get the Fuller brothers to play cornerback <laughs> together. Get them together. Why not? Well, listen. Bring the, bring the, get the gang. They got to play some good quarterbacks in that division with Rodgers and Stafford. They need somebody to help that pass. And where will Johnny Manziel end up? Nowhere. Nowhere. We actually not before this psychological evaluation. Really, he's done. He's done. Before this yeah. podcast, I told both of them I do not want to talk about Johnny Manziel because I feel okay. like the media. Oh, no, but no, my okay. my thing is like I feel like right now the media is just piling on, and it's a really serious personal issue, and I think yeah. he's going through some really messed up stuff and I think it's super sick of like sports people to be like but can he play yeah like he can't control himself. it's not yeah. super sick though yeah well okay great I don't you know again if he's gonna go on TMZ as he's going out in the club then I can sit here and talk crap about him sorry yeah, yeah. that's how this I feel this is your five minute Matt Walsh warning by the okay. way okay five minute Matt Walsh warning alright so I want it so do you get a Matt Walsh warning in other interviews or just this interview just this one every well, week I give the Matt Walsh warning okay, okay. AKA, with that I would actually like to formally call it the Matt Walsh warning going forward <laughs> sure. when we have a guest you're like he's gotta go be like Matt Walsh Matt, Matt Walsh, Walsh like, we Matt got Walsh. that's like that's the, the hook word. yeah like, <laughs> 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 Um, all right, so improv, yes. the base of improv, and tell me if I'm doing this correctly, sure. is 
Uh, I would say, let's say I say Jay Cutler, right. and he would start going, and you would compliment him by saying yes and. So you never say no to improv. That's like a base More rule of improv. Okay. Um, are there any other things that he needs to know if we're going to try this? Because I uh, want you two to, to, to go off Well, I other. think ultimately if you guys really do it, uh, you're funny. You just have to listen. Right. You have to relinquish your idea, and you have to play things real. It's a lot of acting, actually. Yes. It's like committing if someone makes you... A doctor, you instantly have to tap into like, all right, I've seen doctors on TV. My buddy's a doctor. So you try to play that to the top of your intelligence, the best of your ability. And right. then yeah. and then commitment is everything, like anything. Like just try to be free and get, get out of your own of way. So if we were going to try something right now. Oh, God, I knew this was coming. <laughs> Does this happen to you a lot? People think it's like a magic trick. Go ahead. No, yeah. I don't. It's not really a magic <laughs> trick. I want to see. I'm, I'm more interested in him floundering than I am watching you do this magic. You know what I mean? Because sure. Uh, if you, you don't want to put him on the okay. no, come on, yes, yeah. and let's do right, this. All right, so what's what's the best way to start it? Just like uh, Josh take a word, it. mother hen. <laughs> Mike Ditka. Okay, Mike uh, Ditka, and then uh, okay, uh, we cut to uh, rookie camp, and I'm gonna cut you from the roster. Okay, I just right. gave you a promise, right, and no, you're in there too. Okay, uh, are you Mike Ditka? Well, he didn't say it. He didn't say it. Sorry, sorry. Improv. How dare? Come on in, Rocky. Uh, Coach Sam's is here too. Uh, You had a great camp. Yeah. Uh, A few extracurricular things, uh, which uh, have hurt you. I don't know if you want to make a case for yourself, but we're thinking about cutting you. Why? Uh, Well, you had uh, marijuana in your sneakers. Right. The the, cocaine uh, in your helmet. Cocaine Uh, in your helmet. I didn't know about that. You didn't find my other stash places. No, you had, uh, on press day, you had uh, Molly roller skates. Roller skates made out of Molly. Molly stuff. Oof. Uh, What do you have to say for yourself? Yeah, I mean, we are our public held corporation. Well, what about my football talent? Was I any good on the field? You know, not great. No? This is I a mean, bad draft pick on your part. I, bad draft pick, Coach. You look great on the film. Yeah, you had great. Somebody cut together an amazing reel. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, you're an offensive lineman, and you sacked your own quarterback. I mean, yeah. Come on. Two. Two of them. You have two auto sacks. Man, I didn't know that was my quarterback. Darn it. Yeah. So okay. how dumb are you? <laughs> Jeez. You have no defense for your... <laughs> I really don't. I'm not an actor. I know that. Holy crap. He's going to break right now. He's going to break right Help, please. Help. That was awesome. You did great. <laughs> so it's, he, literally, he literally says all the time, I'm not an actor. Like, if we do a video, yeah. and then they're like, hey, we got to do it again. He's like, I'm not an actor. I can't do it again. So that was, that was great. Know you your strength. Yeah, I just want to be original let it spew out. I don't know. I can't sit there and like... Oh, you now actors like energized this last time you did it. Just play a version of yourself, sure. Yeah. I don't know, but... That was great. Really uh, You did Thanks. a great job. I think you uh, could Thanks. pursue it. Damn, I mean, it was so lifelike. I mean, stashes of <laughs> did marijuana, you feel like cocaine you were in a, everywhere. It's like it? my lo- football life reliving again. <laughs> well, it is. It's a little it is absurd. That date. It is that date. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to give some more love for Veep. I sure. know a lot of people in the office really enjoy it. I really enjoy it. Um, what should people out there, what should they expect in this next season? Uh, it picks up right. Uh, season four ended with the electoral college tie. Yes, and so it picks up right with that, and which is sort kind of, of incredible with what we're going through right now. Have you guys talked about how you know there might be these contested uh, congregate or whatever they're called? I uh, super delegates or whatever. Super, they're going to have to come in, and, and we're going to have one in Cleveland. Yeah. Does that help the show? Do you think? I think the the, the show was already written before some of the craziness of this it's year's weird, election House cycle. House of Cards has was that too. House yeah. of Cards had a contested convention as well, and it's, it's the in the ether. All, yeah. Yeah. You guys put that energy out. 
We didn't do that. I, no, I don't know. Sure. But it is possible to have an electoral college tie. Yeah. Like, that's all legit. Uh, but, yeah, we spent a lot of time sort of figuring out what happened in that election. Mm. Uh, and there's some, you know, Hugh Laurie's back and Martin Mall's around and some other new faces. Yeah. Uh, I think it'll be, I hope it's as good as last year. Like, I do. I'm pretty confident Are you proud it's great. of it? I'm pumped. Super proud. I'm, yeah. I'm super I'm, proud. I really enjoy this There'll show, be lots so. of great insults. We'll right. make fun of Tim Simon's character, Jonah, a lot. Oh, my gosh. Uh, love insulting him. Um, <laughs> my, my question, so, is you, you've done so many things, and I know that as someone who creates and someone who's an artist, like, there's, there's pride. Like, I could tell you're proud of this. When this happens at this point of your career where you've done a lot, do you appreciate it more because you know how hard it is to be on something that can be sustained and successful? Where early on, it's like in sports. If you win a Super Bowl in your first year, you're going to think you're going to do it every year. Yeah. But if it happens, like, for DeMarcus Ware at the the end of his career, you kind of savor it more almost. Do you get that sense? I absolutely appreciate like being I've been on great shows, but they never come back. They're yeah. they're usually one and done. So to be on a great show, that's also collaborative where you can kind of contribute to the writing or can contribute to the character is so rare. And then the other sort of freedom and chemistry and fuck around nature of the show, like where everybody's down, you know, it starts with Julia. She's so cool and fun. What uh, makes her good to work with, but also as a talent? Because since she's so natural, I think a lot of people take it for granted. But like all of the Seinfeld cast is like, she's a freaking star. What is it about her that's just... I think ultimately she's truly like a precise comedian and she's like legit funny and a great collaborator, but it's just like that sort of obsession to make it perfect in Mm. the best way. Like she wants it to be so amazing like we all do but I think like I don't know like Jordan would you know, she's not like is Jordan it a Jordan, timing thing? Jordan detail, was a very difficult person to be around the two things I heard <laughs> she's from not that, like is him. it a yes. timing thing or is it an accountability thing like when you see someone caring about the craft so much is everyone then kind of like oh man like I gotta step my game up too it's more like the, the only way I can put it is like when I first started working with her like season one I didn't really know her there were like there's say there's a paragraph and it's basically a journey to get to the punchline, if you will. In that preamble to the joke, she discovers six moments. It's that sort of yeah. finesse and perfection that I'm fortunate to learn with her. Right. You know? But like that's what I mean. Like I would I would I would sprint through that crap to get to the punchline. Right. Generally. Right. Yeah. And then you learn, like, oh my God, there's a beat here, there's a moment here, there's a turn here. Right. You know, and of course, cut this, cut this. Like right. you learn that as well. But right. That's the sort of like that's uh, cool to be learned. That's like 50. her gift, I think. And she has many gifts. She's beautiful, funny, smart. Uh, but it's fun, finding the good collaborator. In the lead up. I like huh? that. I like yeah, that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. It's like the material is like, oh my god, there's a moment. But there. isn't that life? Like I was just joking. Like everyone's like, I need to know the mock draft. Wait eight days. <laughs> And we're going to learn what happens in the NFL draft. I'm with you. Like, I'm, I'm an improviser. Like, so uh, it'll here, be fun. Here's my other question for you. I know, like, I've heard Amy Schumer joke a lot about it. I've heard a lot of other comedians talk about sports is stupid. I think there's a lot of comedians that don't get along with sports. And I was, why do you think that is? Because sports is very singular-minded. It's a very singular note. I think on the surface, it is, it can feel rather like, this is stereotypes, but like jockey or fratty and sure. aggressive. Right. So there is that element of like, and like when you see shots of like people with Ditka mustaches, there is with a stereotype. Yeah, painted, their yeah. shirt off, drunk, acting hostile. Right. I get it. But also like 
the coolest people in the world are huge sports fans. You right. know, Obama, everybody loves right. sports, you know? Right. It is funny because... But there, there are like, elements that, like, oh, I get that. Like, it's yeah, like so sports, listen, sports I grew up fans in are it, like, this is too. the most yeah. important yeah. thing ever, and comedians are like, perspective. You know what I mean? Like, like, calm down. It's a game. But, like, you you also see the absurdity because you come from it from the athlete perspective. Well, and yeah. And the fandom is what's crazy. Well, even growing up with my dad, I mean, I could just, I could see a guy, you know, saying, oh, they're Phil Sims. He, he sucks. Yeah. He sucks. And then yeah, they, they feel entitled. And then, and then we're 20 feet away, and they come up, and they go, hey, Phil, I'd love to meet you. I'm a big fan of yours. Yeah. So it, made, it helped me to put things in perspective at a very early age. You go, oh, there's a lot of full of people out here. We're saying yeah. lots of swear words, but it's Matt Walsh's fault. He's you're all, screwing this you're whole thing. Up. I don't care. We're gonna rant now. I don't care. <laughs> Do you have any uh, social media that you'd like us to plug? Uh, I am Mr. Matt Walsh on Twitter, and I would like to plug. Yeah, please. I have a show, a sports podcast show with Bear my buddy. Down. We're changing it now. It's oh. gonna be called UCB Sports and Leisure. So we're relaunching. I like it. that. Cool. Huge relaunch. Well, if you, uh, need us to, if you need us to visit on your podcast, I will. We'll when you get the favor, to, I would love to. Yeah, when you get to LA. Uh, but UCB Sports and Leisure, it'll come out. May 9th, and it's basically our comedic friends portraying people from the sports and leisure world. Oh, I, yeah, we had jo- Josh. Good, actually. Yeah. Josh, Josh was funny. listening to Bear Down here, like the Derek Jeter imitations. Yeah. Derek and all Jeter. That. We had somebody impersonating Trump. So we get leisure affords us anything. Yeah, sports. We have sports icons. Any good? Anybody you're good at right off the bat? Just as far as no, I get to host it. Like, so, but I know. have a buddy who like. Does like Mikhail Prokhorov and Ozzy Guillen and <laughs> Trump and the Pope? So we have like some ringers who come right. in. And the hotness, do, yeah, the Pope. yeah, right. yeah, yeah. So we do, uh, but yeah, we have all sorts of people. Awesome. Cool. Matt Walsh again, Veep premieres. This is season five. Yeah. Yes. April twenty fourth, ten thirty. How cool is it to work for HBO? They're I mean, great. Very good to us. They let you do whatever you want. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not everything. No. No. On that note, no. I kind of want to no. do one more improv with Sims. <laughs> give, give one more. Let's try they, one what, more. Let's that, see if you learn. But, 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 but yes, I know. See but if ma- he learns. But, <laughs> but we got Let's the Matt. Start the we got the growth. Matt Walsh five minute warning twelve minutes ago. So maybe he actually maybe that's has what the Matt Walsh five means. You gotta go, <laughs> Sam. Do we have a minute? Right, you gotta go. Yeah, you, you, gotta go. Go. Okay. you gotta go. You gotta go. Right. You gotta go. It's better to end that nice way. Nice to meet you. Wanting nice more. To meet you, man. Very, Very nice to meet you. Well, Thank I'll you. be watching awesome. Sunday night, man. UCB okay. Sports and Leisure, Veep, you are the man. Matt Walsh walking. Thanks, you guys. Oh, you did. Be Very good. fun. You were one of the best improv people I've ever seen. Well, you know, Hollywood calls hey, Matt, me all that, the time. Matt, is that your phone on the chair or is that Sims? Oh, see you, Matt. Wow. We don't see you. See what I mean? Yeah, see, this is a 51 year old Matt Walsh. See what I mess? See what I mess? That's hilarious. Yeah, so you literally you literally pulled the ripcord on that. You were we were in the middle of trying. I didn't know where to go. I, he's not I, an actor. I he's not on, an actor. I choked in the moment. Tell me what that Plus felt I like. Plus, I was also afraid I was going to dig myself into a hole where I was like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that about myself. Yeah, but whatever. it's improv. Like anything you could have said. I know. Well, you know what I think really screwed me up was your coaching with your uh, everything you're supposed to say is yes and what. Yes, and. Yes, and. So here's what it meant. So that really <laughs> screwed me up. It was horrible coaching. Chris Sims, I am not an actor. Because it would be like this. It would be like, you're like, Chris, we're going to pick tomatoes today. You wouldn't go, no, we're actually picking tomato. We're actually picking potatoes. But if I were to say we're picking tomatoes today, you would be like, and they're so ripe and beautiful. Yeah. So it's like, yes, we are. And okay. I'm super excited. Gotcha. You want to try one between me and you now? No, it's all right. Matt Walsh is gone. See ya. That was amazing. Though. He was like, he was like, and I don't want to act anymore. So let me get out of here. <laughs> and then Matt Walsh forgetting his phone and his wallet oh, here I wish after he flew to New York without his license. I wish you wouldn't have told him for another minute or so. so he and then we could have had him come back in. Yeah, yeah. right. That was All right. That's uh, that's it. 
I think that's all we got. I had a great time. I did. So, look, uh, uh, I'm going to do a few things, call to actions here. As always, subscribe on what? Whoa, he almost fell down or something. This chair almost just went down on me. (laughs) Oh, okay, let's do this. So, I get a text before. Well, first of all, Sims and Left go on Twitter, as always. Subscribe on iTunes. I want to give a (coughs) shout out. Gross. Audio Boom, who hosts our podcast, they've been amazing to us. They feature us all the time. I really appreciate it. So, you guys are awesome. And, again, Facebook Bleach Report. Subscribe for notifications for live because we're going to be doing a lot of live stuff. But I got a text uh, from my mom on Monday, and she goes, you're not going to believe this. I'm doing the crossword puzzle, and there's an interesting clue on there. Can you see any interesting clues on this page? Ha! Phil or man, Phil or Chris of the NFL. One down in the Philadelphia Inquirer on Monday morning. Yeah, Philly Inquirer. The the hint was Phil or Chris of the NFL. Wow. And there were five letters. Hey, that's I'm I'm privileged to be in a crossword puzzle. That's saying something. I made and, it. And it was the answer was dorks. <laughs> it was five. It was dorks. Oh, poor no, Matt. Matt Sims. got left out. Yeah, Matt got left out. But <laughs> the fact that it wasn't Phil of the NFL, it was Phil or Chris of the NFL. Yeah, that's a good one. You're in a crossword puzzle. I like that. In yeah. case you don't know Chris, but you know Phil, or if you know Phil and uh, yeah. don't know Chris. Yeah, look at that. It would have gone right there. Sims. Oh, baby. Yeah. How does that feel? Yeah, that feels cool. I like stuff like that. Yeah. That's... You want me to send these to you? No, thank you. Oh, that's it. That's all you just wanted. That's that. all right. Yeah, no, I really don't have an ego. Uh, you didn't learn from your guy yesterday, Ryan Holiday. So I'm already over and have moved on to the next phase of my life. I have to focus on some things that I have to get done today. On to Cincinnati. On to Cincinnati. All right. You're great. <laughs> thank all right. You. For Chris Sims, Josh. Goodbye, everybody. Uh, Gabe Arino, the fingers of stench. <coughs> oh, baby. Control room. I hope you guys enjoyed it today. Very packed show. I'm Matt Miller. I'm Matt oh, Walsh. Oh, hello. The Fantastic Four is back in action, getting it going. Uh, episode 60 in the books. Love you, George. Look at him. He's innocent. He's carefree. He's kind, George. All right. Love you guys very much. We'll see you next time. Sims and Lefko out. Peace out. Puppy, puppy, puppy.